There are a few people who are here that I want to especially acknowledge. We have some very special people here this morning. Perhaps the most special of all, Colin McGue, our recovering worship leader. Here with, uh, with his wife, Andrea. Duncan's in the other room breaking things. We have uh, some of uh, the elders from New Hope, or from uh, Grace Fellowship Church are here. Uh, Eric and Ginny Becker and uh, Russ and Janice Pope are here this morning to be with us. We have uh, in, uh, one of the teaching uh, pastors at Church One, Sarah Batley, is in the back. We're grateful that uh, in addition to uh, Bill Nelson, whom we've been supporting with uh, InterVarsity, we also have Kristen Titzel here from World Relief. With, uh, with whom we've also had a, a long-standing support relationship, and we're grateful for that. Uh, we're grateful that, uh, that uh, some former elders from New Hope uh, are here, Sean Hales, and uh, most importantly, Russ Decker, who is one of the three people uh, without whom New Hope would not exist right now, and two of them are in this room, and they're both uh, Grace elders. And so we're grateful for Russ coming all the way from Hawaii I, uh, I also want to acknowledge Councilwoman Vicki Almond is here from the uh, Second District. And, uh, and we received in the mail this uh, citation from the Maryland General Assembly. Um, this is a much nicer citation than the ones I'm accustomed to getting from governmental entities. <laughs> It says, be it hereby known to all that sincerest congratulations are offered to New Hope Community Church in recognition of 10 years of worship and the celebration of this milestone anniversary presented on the 16th day of March 2013 by Senator Bobby Zirkin, Delegate John Cardin, Delegate Dan Morheim, and Delegate Dana Stein of Baltimore County Legislative District 11. We'll put this out so you guys can see what it looks like to get a citation that doesn't have a little thing you're supposed to cut off at the bottom and send in with your check. So today we're celebrating our 10th anniversary. Many of you have come to New Hope since those early days when we were in the movie theater. Movie theater that is now closed and seems to be functioning primarily as a parking lot for luxury vehicles from one of the car dealerships up on Reisterstown Road. Uh, But the genesis of New Hope goes back before that. A few people have mentioned that before we were in the movie theater, we were meeting on Sunday evenings at uh, Rosh Panah, the, formal, uh, the former Gills United Methodist Church out on uh, Walnut Avenue, out Park Heights. First, we were there on Thursday nights. That was my first encounter with New Hope when I was invited to come and teach. And then we were there on Sunday nights, and then we ended up here. But even before that, as some folks have alluded to, there was a nucleus of people that was part of beginning what ultimately has produced where we are today. People who were meeting at Grace in the early days when the elders at Grace felt God was leading them to plant new churches in the northeast and northwest parts of the county. 
So let me ask, if, if you were part of those initial meetings at Grace, if you can just raise your hand. We've got, I know the Johnsons were, and the Hobsons, Eric Becker, the Deckers, Pam Daniels, Colin was part of that. And Bruce, and Bruce was part of that too. And from the vision and the sense of purpose that God gave you all at that time, he has worked us to the place where we are today. Ten years ago, in our first service, our text was from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Paul wrote this letter to a fractious church at Corinth with whom he had a difficult relationship, a church that he frankly found obnoxious often, and that often thought the same of him. But Paul starts off his letter saying, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And Sosthenes, the brother, writing this along with Sosthenes, a former synagogue ruler from Corinth, who ultimately, like Paul, got himself beaten up by the folks at the synagogue when he began to follow Jesus. But Paul in a sense, makes this concession right away. I'm called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I'm reminded of the story in John where Jesus gives some teachings. And people are disturbed by these teachings. And many of them start to leave him. And Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, all right, so you guys leaving too? Peter says... Where else are we going to go? You've got the very words of life. We really don't have a choice. You get the sense often in Paul's life, he felt like he didn't really have a choice. He was following God's will. And he writes this to the church of God, which is in Corinth, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, along with everyone who calls upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place their Lord and ours. And Paul is writing this letter to the church which is in Corinth, and you could actually translate that Greek there, the church which is being in Corinth. There's a sense in which Paul is kind of drawing out this sense that God has called this particular group of people to be his people where they are in the time that he has put them. And this letter he's writing is indeed for them. He is writing his letter to them. One of the most important things that we pay attention to when we study Scripture is realizing who's writing and to whom are they writing. And we want to make sure we're not reading other people's mail as though it's addressed to us. But in a way, this is a letter that is addressed to us because Paul is writing this not only to the church which is being in Corinth. He is writing this to the church that calls upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in every place and every time. He is their Lord. He is ours. This is a message that is bigger than one little congregation. It's a message that goes across the globe and across the ages. Grace to you and peace from our Lord or from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ.
Ten years ago, we were trying to figure out what it looked like for us to be the church. We, in fact, with this text, embarked on a series in the book of 1 Corinthians. We titled, You Are the Church, You Be the Church, recognizing that we are the church. And so what then, asking the question, what then does it look like for us to be the church? We took 39 weeks to go through 1 Corinthians, and believe it or not, back then a nine-month series seemed really long. (laughs) But we had all sorts of ideas about what it would look like for us to be the church. We had our expectations. The folks at Grace had expectations about what that would look like. The leadership there, the people that God called to lead us, had expectations about what that would look like and the kinds of ministry that we would do and and the kind of place that we would meet. We started off meeting in this movie theater up the street in part because we could never have imagined meeting in a traditional space like this. This wouldn't have even made it onto the radar for us because we were used to thinking of church as happening in a place that was more neutral. We also were expecting that we would not be at the theater long, not because we would find this beautiful old Methodist church available for rent, not because the theater chain that owned the theater merged with another one and we figured that at any given moment they could tell us on Tuesday morning that the theater would be closed as of that Sunday. But we also thought that that theater would ultimately not accommodate us. When we began in this nine-screen theater, we were in the largest of their screens in the multiplex and we were concerned that it only held 350. A few months later, we found ourselves moving to the smallest theater in the multiplex, which held 90 and still sometimes felt a little empty. And even when we moved here, and we noticed that you can seat 120 comfortably in this space, 180 if you really want to jam people in like we did at Bruce and Jan's wedding, we were concerned that there wouldn't be enough space here. We had our expectations for what being the church would look like for us. But I was struck in the last couple of weeks as I was driving around by this quote from a Dave Matthews song, of all things, where he says, if you hold on tight to what you think is your thing, you may find you're missing all the rest. And we went through the process as a church of choosing, rather than to hold on tight to what we thought was our thing, of clinging instead to what we could discern God was doing. We had our expectations for what he would do. What he did ended up being different from that. And so we decided that rather than asking God to get on board with our plans, we would get on board with his. Embrace the idea that not only might there be a place in his kingdom for small but healthy churches, but that we might even be one of those. And in all things, we trust that God will lead us, and in all things, we submit ourselves to his will. And if he were to decide that he wanted us to be a large, several thousand person church with a full cafeteria of services and 
a parking lot that stretches on for miles, and he certainly is welcome to do that. My very first axiom of theology and of pastoral ministry is that I don't tell God what he can and can't do. But as we do move on to the second decade of our lives, we, we still want to be asking what it looks like for us as New Hope to be the church, which is being in Pikesville in the teens of the 21st. The 22nd century, the 21st century, right? Yeah. I, I always get confused with that stuff. We are. We're still working that out. We're still trying to live into that. But I think there are three things that I can be confident of when it comes to what that will look like for us. The first is that we will hold on tight to what God has done in the past. And here I would refer you to our logo which is printed on your bulletin and which ordinarily has in place of that cute little shamrock a flame. How did we know back when Kendall designed this thing 10 years ago how appropriate it would be for us? It, it almost looks like the H there is, is holding on, has got its arm wrapped around the right stem of the N. We do hold on tight to what God has done in the past. If we think of that flame as representing the word of God, which is a light to our feet. We have to remember, and we always will, and if we don't, we're in trouble, that we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, who called a people and put them on a mission. This is the God who spoke through the prophets, who took on flesh and dwelt among us, who died an atoning death on our behalf and was buried at a time and a place. This happened historically, and everything is different because of that fact. He was raised in the power of the Holy Spirit on the third day, and that same Holy Spirit indwells his people. And he put his people to work as his agents of cosmic reconciliation in a way that was very much in continuity with the way he used to do it and at the same time very different. But we know these things to be true because they are given to us in the word of God, the holy scriptures which are our ultimate standard for faith, for belief, for practice. We will hold tight to that. We also know, somewhat later than these events, that God planted new hope. We know this because we can look around us and see that it happened. And I think we can see enough fruit of our ministry in the last 10 years to humbly conclude that we may well have been hearing from God when he told us to start this church, that he is at work among us and that he does want us to keep it up. We do look back with gratitude to the ways in which he has sustained us, the ways in which he has gotten us through difficult situations, the ways in which he has raised up leaders for us, some of whom were quite unexpected, the ways in which he has called us all to ministry with to one another and in our community, the relationships that he has enabled us to build and the impact he has given us in our community. 
So we will cling tightly to what God has done in the past. And as we do so, we will pay attention to what He is doing now in the present. Most importantly, He is sustaining us by His Holy Spirit. He is binding us together in love. He is teaching us. He is encouraging us, convicting us, comforting us. He is present and active among us. But we're also trying to be alert to what He is up to around us and beyond us and what our role in that might be. We make the commitments we make with integrity and tending to follow through on them, but from time to time we have to reevaluate the areas where we invest our time and our energy, our programming, our staffing, all the things that we do to be who we are because we always want to be oriented not toward what he was doing at one point in the past when all that made sense, but to what he is doing in the future and what that's supposed to look like. And therefore, we will move forward into God's future as he leads us. That's the bridgey looking thing on the H in the logo. That's a bridge that is strung much like our hope is strung between a confidence in God's presence and his love for us now and a confidence in his presence and his love for us in the future, whatever that's going to look like. We can't be sure what that will look like. We can guess. But we can be sure that he will be with us. And we can be sure that he will be there working out his purposes. Ultimately, our hope can be in nothing less but also in nothing more. Our hope is not in our plans. Our hope is not in our own gifts, our own abilities, our own cleverness. Our hope is in the one true God of Israel who has redeemed his people, called them to be his agents of cosmic reconciliation. This is who we are. This is what we do. So I want to close by inviting you to pray along with me as I pray this ancient, beautiful prayer known as St. Patrick's Breastplate. We bind unto ourselves today the strong name of the Trinity. By invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. We bind this day to us forever, by power of faith, Christ's incarnation, his baptism in Jordan River, his death on cross for our salvation, his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom, we bind unto ourselves today. We bind unto ourselves the power of the great love of cherubim, the sweet well done in judgment hour, the service of the seraphim, confessor's faith, apostle's word, the patriarch's prayers, the prophet's scrolls, all good deeds done unto the Lord and purity of virgin souls. We bind unto ourselves today the virtues of the starlit heaven, the glorious sun's life-giving ray, the whiteness of the moon at even, the flashing of the lightning free, the whirling winds, tempestuous shocks, the stable earth, the deep salt sea. 
around the old eternal rocks. We bind unto ourselves today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to our need, the wisdom of our God to teach, his hand to guide, his shield to ward, the word of God to give us speech, his heavenly host to be our guard. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation force, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar our course, or few or many, far or nigh, in every place and in all hours, against their fierce hostility, we bind to us these holy powers. Against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry against the wizard's evil craft, against the death wound and the burning, the choking wave, the poisoned shaft. Protect us, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with us, Christ within us. Christ behind us, Christ before us. Christ beside us, Christ to win us. Christ to comfort and restore us. Christ beneath us, Christ above us. Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love us, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. We bind unto ourselves the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, by whom all nature hath creation, eternal Father, Spirit, Word. Praise to the Lord of our salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. Amen.